Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show with the host that single-handedly killed the metrosexual movement the first time he plucked his eyebrows. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you from a chilly recording studio built here in my office just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. Got my hands huddled on my pipe just to keep them warm. In tonight's show, in Pipe Parts, going to cover the second half of the aging taste testing we'll go through that my guest is pipe maker and musician jody davis jody will be on the phone with me shortly music specifically because jody is a musician so why wouldn't i play something by jody Uh, mailbag got a lot of news to get through in the mailbag a lot of exciting things coming up and a rant all that coming up in this episode of the pipes magazine radio show Right now, I do want to send out well wishes to friend and pipe maker, Rad Davis. Rad's had some uh, health issues. He's back home. He's resting well. But, uh, Rad, we're thinking about you, wishing you speedy recovery. Hope to see you in Chicago. And on a happier note, want to say congratulations to Joshua Zayner and his new bride, Natalie. Yeah, they got married on Saturday. Heard it was a... uh, Big party. Uh, Wasn't there, but wish I was. I bet Rad will get over his health issues long before Joshua gets over getting married. I do want to make sure and ask everybody to follow us on Facebook, the Pipes Magazine radio show. Friend or follow it on Facebook. Make sure and keep leaving those iTunes reviews and ratings. If you haven't had a chance to do that, we do appreciate that. Got any friends that smoke a pipe? member of a club hey make sure and mention to them the pipes magazine radio show and talk about a wonderful hobby that we're in well the fine folks at Sutliff tobacco company heard your message and in just a moment you'll hear the revised version of the Sutliff multi dolce ad so everybody sit back relax fire up a bowl here we go Signore, scusi per favore, but what is that intoxicating and delicious aroma coming from your pipe? Oh, uh, this is Molto Dolce, my all-time favorite blend from Sutliff Tobacco. Do you like it? I found it on SutliffMoltoDolce.com. Do you mind if I try? Oh, signore, this truly is Molto Dolce. So charming that you even speak my language as it is truly very sweet. (laughs) Just like you, I am sure. I can just taste the warm caramel and sweet dripping honey gushing through my mouth. Oh, and even better, the rich vanilla flavor plays so well with the other tastes over my tongue. Pure heaven! Mi piace moltissimo, mi amore. Can't you see it, signore? I can see it. I can see it. And, signore, best of all, no tongue bite. Grazie un milione for the pipe, signore. Mm-hmm. Hey! 
Satlev Tobacco Company will not be held responsible for any loss of one's favorite pipe customers may experience when smoking our delicious Malto Dolce blend in public. Welcome back. What'd you think? All right, in pipe parts, uh, last week I did the initial impressions on three different vintages of a Scudo. And again, I picked a Scudo purely because I'm very familiar with the product. I know what it tasted like in 2000, 2001, and 2. And I had access to three different ages of it that I could verify were those actual ages. So over the week, I smoked several bowls of each of the vintages. And I'm only calling them vintages so that we narrow it down, you know, so that I can reference them by year. Uh, the 2006, spent some time really playing with it because the first impressions of it was it was milder than I thought it would be. Didn't have a lot of that periki punch that I like, and that's something that I look for in my Virginia periques. And I, I look for that punchiness, that, that periki uh, fruitiness that I'm used to. It didn't have some of that, so I had to play around with it for a while. It didn't need much drying down right out of the can. It was really pretty much ready to go, but I did dry it down. Found out in a smaller pipe, it was a little too punchy, but in a medium-sized pipe, it was a good smoking blend. Had a little bit of that flavor that I was still looking for. I think my perception and my opinion is, and I am the leading expert on my own opinion, is that this 2006 version has gotten a little too mild for me, gotten a little too smoothed out. It's one flavor. It's a good flavor, but where it really kicked off for me was in a much smaller pipe, a group two or group three size pipe. It really kicked off. I rubbed out a couple of bowls all the way, dried them down a little bit, and that's where it really kicked off was a smaller pipe. Uh, the 2011 vintage had a little bit of that harshness or that youthful taste when it started burning. Uh, took about 10 minutes of a, of a medium-sized group 4, group 5 bowl to get through that bitiness or that youthfulness taste. Once I got through that, there was the periki punch that I was used to. It The perique hadn't smoothed out too much yet. But it was just that that first five minutes or so. So what I did again was I dried it down and tried it that way. Didn't like it as much dried down. Uh, that first little bit of harshness from it was a little overpowering. Tried it in a small bowl, medium-sized bowl, large bowl. What I found out was in a large pipe, a group five, group six, something with a good wide tobacco chamber, that harshness kind of went away at the start. And I had the periki punch there, and it burned really well. Didn't matter, dry or not. Uh, so my guess is the 2011, probably about pretty close to ready. Uh, the 2013, from the initial smell, I was a little worried about it. So I really had to clear my head of what the initial smell was from last week and get away from that and approach it brand new. I really didn't take a tin aroma sniff of it, tried not to smell it fresh out of the tin before I packed it. What I tried to do is different levels of rubbed out to see where it was. And I was surprised at how happy I was with it. Uh, it does show that youthfulness, but if you rub it out and where it seemed to be really happy for me was a moderate rubbed out in a small bowl. Uh, the perique kind of blossomed out of it, had some good intensity to it. 
And I was surprised that small bowl, pretty good right out of the batch there. Um, overall thoughts, and I had to kind of erase my memory and my thought process of saying that the 2006 is going to be better. It's going to be full of flavor and everything and all this and all that. Um, so once I did that, which that's hard for me to do, uh, once I did that, I was able to kind of approach all three of the ages equally and no predisposition to one or the other. Um, I, I think overall that about three or four years is about the right amount of aging for it. The 2006 with about seven years of age on it seemed to be a little too soft for me. For those of you that think a Scudo is a little too strong, maybe you want to age it a little bit longer. Um, I do believe that the blend is identical all the way through. I think they have not made any changes to it. I think the only change in coloring is because of aging time. So I'm happy to I'm happy to see that the same basic flavors were available all the way through and the final difference was uh in the newer batch the flavors were very separate and kind of fought each other in the 2011 the flavors were really starting to work together and again at the start I had a little bit of a harshness issue but by 2006 they'd become one flavor and just for me for my personal, what I want out of Perique or what I want out of Escudo, it had gotten just a little too mild. Other than that, really happy with all three of them. And again, when you're taste testing tobaccos, what I want you to do is try them in different levels of moisture. In the case of a flake or a coin like Escudo, try it at different levels of rubbed out. And try them in different size pipes, different times of the day, so that you can see what you're doing with them. For these three... I smoked a total of 27 bowls of them just to try to get the feel and the flavor and make sure that my head was in the right place. So, all right, in just a minute, Jody Davis will be on the phone with us. Do you need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favorite blends outside of the U.S.? Fournoggins.com stocks all of your favorite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the U.S. and international with no worries. Fournoggins.com for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe. An American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. This is Internet Radio. Please welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show, pipe maker, musician, and uh, somebody who I've known for, I think, Jody, I think when uh, when we first met, we were both young guys hanging out at uh, pipe shows, but welcome Jody Davis. Hey, how you guys doing? All right, Jody, tell Glad everybody. Here. Tell everybody where'd you grow up, where are you from, and all the uh, all the important details. Uh, let's see. I grew up in uh, southern Indiana, in little towns around the city of Evansville. Um, yeah, and lived in Jackson, Mississippi for a while, and moved to Nashville. Lived in Arizona for a while. Now I'm back in Nashville. And you're not actually in Nashville now. You're actually on tour in Evansville, Indiana tonight, correct? This is true. One of the, one of the few times I uh, 
ever gotten to play sort of my home hometown uh, with Newsboys, so it's very exciting. The last, the first time I got to play there, I got to play in, uh, got to play in Robert Stadium, which was a place my dad played in in the '60s uh, <laughs> when he was a musician, and so it was a real, uh, real fun time. So it's always good to go back, go home. <laughs> so obviously, the love of music started off real early. Uh, when did you start playing? Uh, I probably started playing guitar. You know, I was, you know, like probably 11 or 12, something like that. Started fiddling around with it, and, you know, Dad showing me a few cowboy chords, and, <laughs> and uh, you know, just went from there. Who are your first guitar influences besides your dad? <laughs> um, I was a big, uh, like, the you know, when the, when the first few Van Halen records came out, I was, I was a big Eddie Van Halen fan. And, uh, you know, the bands that I used to like, when I first started to pick up guitar, you know, it's all those old like Cheap Trick and Van Halen and Errol Smith and Judas Priest and all these bands from the late 70s, early 80s. <laughs> I, I know them well because you're actually, you're a month older than I am. So we hit, oh, there you go. <laughs> we hit at the same time. Unfortunately, uh, you got a lot better. I pulled a lot of people, so it was okay. <laughs> it worked out. <laughs> so, all right, so let's talk about what we're all really interested in. Uh, when did you start smoking a pipe? Uh, I started smoking a pipe probably, let's see, in the early 90s. Um, I had a lot of a lot of influences and people in my life growing up that were pipe smokers. My grandfather smoked a pipe. My dad had a short stint with pipe before he quit smoking altogether. Then um, one of my big mentors in high school uh, was a pipe smoker, and I just thought one day, hey, you know what? I want to, I want to get a pipe, try it out. <laughs> you remember the first pipe? Oh yeah, I went. Uh, it was a uh, Peterson Canadian that I bought from Uptown Smoke Shop off of uh, a guy named Keith Moore, <laughs> and. Uh, from that point on, you know, established a long uh, relationship. He's a he's a still you know a very close friend of mine. And, but then uh, you know, Uptown's was really in its heyday. They were uh, he was really very instrumental in in the kind of the Danish pipe boom of the '90s because um, they were exclusive dealers for Lars Everson and and uh, Yezkanovich and and peering off with S. Bang and. And so it was all happening, you know, in Uptowns. So I think when I when I started smoking, I uh, would spend a lot of time in there. I got uh, I got educated about the uh, about the Danes, and they had a lot of a lot of Italian stuff too. And it was a great place to hang out and learn about pipes. I, w I would imagine you got to see and touch a whole bunch. Uh, what started you on the road to making your own? Well. Tend to have this personality that um, when I like something, I I, I want to know how it's done. I want to know everything about it. Probably why I became a musician. I, I loved music, so I wanted to figure out how to do it. You know, I wanted to you know, like the guitar. I want to figure out how to play guitar, and and so it kind of carried over. And you know, I got into pipes, and I, actually, you know, I was already a touring musician. 
uh, spent a lot of time in antique stores because uh, my parents had been antique dealers and I was kind of into antiques. And so as I would tour around the country, I would go to um, all these antique stores every day and I started finding pipes. Now, you know, you got to think this is this is the early 90s. You didn't have the internet wasn't what it is today. You know, you didn't have eBay. You didn't have all this stuff. So, you know, these antique dealers would would buy pipes in estate sales, and then they would sell them for like three and five dollars. Well, once I started learning a little bit about estate pipes, started finding all these Dunhills, Barlings, Sassinis, old Camoys, and GBD, just everything you can think of from. Uh, from the years of all these guys, all these pipe smokers, you know, and and uh, so and I was buying them for dirt cheap and amassed quite a collection. And so, one, yeah, I was just really enamored though with with the shapes and the and the wood, and and so I um, I decided, yeah, it'd be fun to try to make a pipe. So I I went into one day I was I went down to Murfreesboro, Tennessee, to three ten tobacco shop. And there was a pipe kit in there, so I picked up the bought the kit, went home, you know, just tried to figure out how to make a pipe out of it, and then that's where it all started. And, you know, I did it once, and then I started buying kits and doing all that stuff, and like so many pipe makers, you know, have done. And uh, before long, uh, Keith there at Uptowns, you know, he, being the buyer at Uptowns, he started looking at my pipes, and he's like, "Hey, you know, these are these are pretty good." I should get you in contact with some of these other these Danish masters so they can you know, so you can get some better wood and and you know, maybe they'll have some advice. So like straight away he puts me on the phone with Yeskovich <laughs> and I'm like, uh uh I didn't even know what to say really but Yes was very gracious and very very kind as he has always been and he humored me there for a while and and uh so that was kind of how it all started, and then, um, and then so uh, back in the day, Nashville used to have a pipe show, and yeah. uh, so I was uh, the first pipe show they did. I had made some pipes for the show, and I was going to really, you know, try to sell some pipes, you know, and uh, just being the total novice. And he, they put me at a table next to Jim Cook, <laughs> and so like within you know, the first hour of the show, we were just, just talking and just, you know, became, you know, friends straight away and, you know, had things in common and just, so he starts, starts asking me, you know, just about how my pipes and how I did things. And, and at that point, you know, I was just making it up as I was going, I, you know, I had no idea. There was, it's not like it is today. There was no information on pipe making. Yeah, we're, we're talking nope. the very late nineties right now, right? Yeah, well mid really. Yeah. Probably probably like ninety six, ninety seven. Well, yeah, ninety seven, maybe, ninety eight. Guess it would be kinda of late nineties. Yeah. yeah, and and so so you know, he was just laughing, you know, when I would tell him stuff. He's like, Man, you're doing everything but chewing these things out of the wood. You need <laughs> to come up to my shop in Vermont and learn the right tool for the job. And I was like, Yeah. So a few months later, I bought a plane ticket, flew to Vermont, went up to the mountains, and hung out with Jim for a couple of weeks there. And literally, we just um, went over just tooling. 
I, I think I made one pipe the whole time I was there, and it was just all about like I videotaped everything, and he he showed me these steps and the tools and how to make the tools and what you do here and what you do there, and it was of course completely different than anything I was actually doing. <laughs> and uh, so uh, you know, straight away I went home, I retooled my whole shop, and started started making pipes and there was immediately like you know a 500 percent difference in what i was doing <laughs> by just not you know, having a little bit of knowledge you know do you, and do you still have that videotape oh you know <laughs> it's locked away somewhere. in a secure place <laughs> yeah I, I don't think anybody would uh anybody would have the uh the uh, the technology from the time to be able to play it. <laughs> it was like some kind of mini mini VHS thing. <laughs> I don't think they lasted very long that format, but <laughs> but uh, yeah. But you know, it's 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 interesting. Well, well, Ben, kind of getting off off topic there. Okay, so I go and I and I'm you know start making pipes in this whole other way and and uh, Keith at Uptown started selling selling my pipes and really talking them up and I'm sure he was was talking them up far far better than they really were at the time <laughs> and uh, which is great it's good to have good to have a hype man on your side you know so uh, I had because of the relationship with Uptown I had gotten to know uh, Lars and Yez a little bit and, and Piranol and they had said, you know, hey, you know, if you ever come to Denmark, come, you know, come and hang out and, you know, work in the shop and stuff. And so, of course, that's all I needed to, you know, straight away go buy a ticket to Denmark. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I flew over there and hung out with, with Lars and Yaz for a little bit and just, you know, got to be in their shops and work with them just a little bit and just you know, see how they do things. And, and they were, they were very gracious to, uh, offer that and allow that to happen. And, and, uh, you know, they, um, and, you know, at that time, not that many people got that opportunity. Uh, pipe making was a lot different in the U S than it was there. And, uh, you know, it's a way different time. I think, um, that was where I sort of learned the, you know, the Danish school of pipe making where you hand drill, uh, you know, you shape the pipe first, then you drill it, uh, which is totally different. And I think really at that time, you know, we come back, I think maybe there was Todd Johnson, me. I think we were really one of the, with the first couple of guys to do that, the first U.S. carvers to do that. Other guys use more of an English or French sort of technique, which, you know, where you drill the block and then you shape your pipe around your drilling. You know, you, you draw the shape on the, si- on the side of the block, and then you do your drilling, and then you shape your pipe. And there's advantages to going to, to working both directions, but it was really great at the time to, to have both sort of techniques um, in the bag of tricks, you know. Does one, and, style, uh, does one style work better towards the classic shapes? Versus the other style, well, that, working better towards a shaped pipe, or yeah, well, definitely. If you're going to turn, if you're going to make a billiard, or you're going to make a bulldog, um, turning on lathe is is going to give you 
a more precise uh, shape. And, you know, if you're doing things that are very symmetrical um, and rounded, the, the only disadvantage that you have by doing everything that way, um, or I should say the, really the advantages to, to, um, to hand drilling after you shape is that basically every block of wood is flawed. And, and you never really know what's going on with the grain inside of a block of wood until you get in there. So you can start shaping a pipe and hit a flaw, and you think, oh, I, need to, I need to change the shape or move it in a different direction to work around this flaw, or uh, the grain is shifting here, so I need to, I need to follow this shift and, and, and make, the, make the design you know, follow this follow this grain um, because because basically with with freehand shaping uh, the your it's a give and take with your block of wood your you have a design in mind but you also allow the block of wood to speak to you and how it, the way the grain flows and, and how you can maximize all that and, and it, it changes and develops your I, your idea change should change and develop with what the block of wood is doing when you drill on the lathe and you chuck everything up to, to do a more classic shape, um, you're pretty much locked in. You, you don't have anywhere to go. Once you start in, in that direction, you, you know, if you're going to, especially if you're doing a classic, because classics have uh, very specific dimensions and things uh, that make them what that shape. So you don't have a, a big, um, a, a lot of variables that you can do if you hit flaws and stuff. You just, you know, you get in there and you drilled it and you start shaping it and you hit a flaw, you pretty much just kind of start over, <laughs> you know, where we're, you can you can work, work around all that stuff with a freehand shape. We're going to take a break right yeah. here. When we come back, I'm going to ask you if you which one you prefer, the classic or the Danish style. So stick with us. Yeah. We'll be back in just a minute. Meet Aaron, one of the most important people at SmokingPipes.com. In our shipping department, he's one of the cogs in the highly efficient wheel, if you will, that's responsible for making sure your order goes out right every time. Ain't that right, Aaron? I don't know all about that cog and the wheel stuff, but I do know at SmokingPipes.com, I take my work very seriously. Pulling tents of tobacco, weighing bulk tobacco, triple checking orders, and getting them out the door. Since it's so easy to order from SmokingPipes.com, you're keeping Aaron pretty darn busy. Look at him go, go, go. <laughs> in fact, it's been a challenge to get him to stop long enough to say hello. But Aaron doesn't mind. He loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Why is that, Aaron? Because I don't just ship pipes. I smoke them. Gotta run. <laughs> just log on to SmokingPipes.com or call us at 1-888-366-0345. We are quality. We are experts. We are SmokingPipes.com. We are back with Jody. Jody, you got to go on stage in what about an hour, hour and a half? <laughs> so, so, yeah, something like that. All right. So before you before you leave us, what do you prefer, classic shapes or the Danish handmade shapes? Hmm. Well, you know they both have their appeal. Yeah. Um, I've always been of the school that says if you 
if you can't get a classic right, then you don't need to be worrying about doing free hands. <laughs> <laughs> Just because basically the, the, the thing that's great about uh, the classic shapes is they really teach you about balance of shape and um, you know you, you would think that something like a straight billiard would be a very easy pipe to make now yeah you can do a version of a straight billiard and yeah it's pretty easy but if you want to make the real deal real classic you know like say a, say a, a Dunhill or a, or a Camoys from the 30s or the 20s you want to make something that's like that and it's, it has that kind of uh, perfection in its simplicity that's a little more difficult than it than it looks like and when you can learn that and take that into to freehand uh, pipe making your pipes will be better for it does a lot of that have to do also with the uh, with the engineering inside of the pipe well <clears throat> in a lot of ways Certain companies and certain things back in the day, they, you know, they, everybody tries a lot of ideas and they do these different things. And it's, in my opinion, they're not always the best way of doing things. I think that I think the Danes sort have sort of sort of nailed that uh, in a much better way as far as the internals uh, and basically not creating turbulence within the pipe, but keeping the airway very smooth and very open. Um, that's how I prefer a pipe to be. And, you know, there's a lot of different ideas about that, and I think a lot of it has to do with um, a person's personal style of, and technique of smoking a pipe. You know, what's great about pipe smoking as opposed to, say, like cigar smoking is that a pipe is something you have to learn to smoke, and you learn to be good at smoking a pipe. It's a commitment, and it's something that takes time. It's not just lighting it and just, you know, puffing away. It's much more complicated than that. So people that kind of develop, you know, if, they, if they're used to smoking something like a Dunhill with its size of drilling and its, you know, the, the size of tobacco chambers, and, and then that's what they're what they're going to like. But if you if you like... Uh, if you smoke a lot of Danish pipes and they're more open, and you know, you'll you'll uh, that's your technique will and your rhythm will will develop around the way those pipes are drilled. And basically, with myself, what I try to do is I I feel like that I I try to reach this uh, sweet spot. And I try to make it very consistent within all pipes, and it's every it has to do with like the shape of the stem, uh, of the lip, of the, the button, all that is, all those are very consistent in all the pipes that I make because, you know, once, once you find that comfortable spot, you know, you, a person needs to be able to pick up another one of your pipes and say, oh, yeah, this is this is a Jody Davis pipe. This feels great. This feels like the other one that I have, you know, and it smokes great. It draws the same way. It has, you know, the same characteristics even though it's a completely different shape, you know that's that's the uh, that's what I try to do personally. Would you also say that your uh, your pipe making style takes a little bit of of all the stuff you've learned from everybody and has kind of combined it? Oh, definitely. I mean, 
you know, still, I mean, the pipes that I smoke 90% of the time are straight billiards. I love straight billiards, but I love the, um, I love the art of the freehand, you know, and, you know, I've, and ta- taking, you know, I learned more classic by making from JT and then Danish style from, you know, my tutorials with Yes and Lars. But, uh, you know, I think my pipe, my style is a common, is a combination of every pipe I've ever seen. You know, it's like I've, I've collected, you know, I had 300 or something pipes in my collection at one point. I just, but, you know, I, I used to go to Uptowns and, um, and just look at every, you know, they would get in all the, all the Danish pipes, you know, and Keith would call me every time they get, get in a shipment and I would come in and just sit and look at every pipe and look at every design and the internals and just, and just soak it all in. You know, and sometimes you see as much what not to do as you do what to do. So, you know, I feel like that, that every pipe I've ever seen has influenced me somehow, you know. <laughs> Now, a couple of, a couple of weeks ago, you were here in Charlotte, and we got together for lunch and uh, had a fun day. Uh, somebody yeah. in my family is still talking about it. <laughs> Won't mention who. What we we started to talk about it briefly, but what advice would you give to a new pipe maker starting out? What one key thing would you tell them? Oh man, there's there's a lot of things. He <laughs> said these days. <laughs> uh, mainly, um, basically, I, I would I would say you know what you're you're always going to have people around you that's going to tell you you're the greatest thing in the world. But the truth of the matter is, learn your craft before you start selling pipes, because you'll regret it later down the road when you run into your pipes when you when you really learned. And you've come back and you run into these pipes on the estate market that you made when you first started and you realize that you were terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and people are seeing this pipe. <laughs> so, you know, don't don't believe in the hype. Learn your craft and, you know, make great pipes. And then on the pipe making side, do you have a uh, do you have a secret oil curing process? Do you have a secret bowl coating? Do you have any uh, any secret materials that you use? Uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's all secret. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't I haven't started a YouTube channel to show everybody everything that I that I worked hard to learn how to do. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so back to the pipes again because we're not getting any secrets out of you. Um, <laughs> Your grading is the they start out at the fryer, which is a sandblast. Yep. And yeah, you're making how many how many pipes a year are you making in addition to your other full time job? <laughs> well, uh, at this point, um, let's see. I'm playing playing 150 shows. I made about 35 pipes last year and four guitars. <laughs> And the best way to get a hold of you to find out about when a pipe becomes available is probably off your website. Well, the best thing to do is to go to my website and sign up for my email list because basically 98% of what I sell um, is sold from the email list. Um, you know, if you, if you get on that list, you get to see the pipes first. 
before they would ever go on the website. And they uh, pretty much almost always sell from that. That's why new stuff doesn't get posted on the site very often. <laughs> the, uh, but I the... want to change that. I really want to be better about my website. Hopefully I will. That, I'm making that my goal this year, I think, is to be better about my website. <laughs> so don't be detoured by the fact that the website's a little out of date, but the website is jodydavispipes.com, J-O-D-Y-D-A-V-I-S pipes.com. That's it. All right, now you mentioned guitars. You make your own? Yeah. You make your own completely from scratch? Yeah. Um, you know, when, uh, a few years ago, I, I, I stopped playing music for a short time, and I was doing pipes full-time. And I realized I needed a hobby. And uh, so at that time, I, I got way into, like, coffee and started roasting coffee and doing all this stuff. So now I'm back into uh, back into playing music, but pipes can never be a hobby for me again. That, pipe is my, it's still my business, you know, and, and so, I, so I needed something else. So I decided to bring, bring both worlds together and take my craftsmanship and my music and start making guitars. <laughs> so the last few years I've been teaching myself guitar building. And uh, so the guitars that I play live, most of the guitars I play live are ones that I've made and starting to make a few for some other people. Now, are you buying, are you going down to the lumber store and buying the raw wood and just, and starting literally from scratch or are you buying parts and assembling and. No, it's, it's, I build everything on the guitar that I can possibly build myself. I line pickups and, you know, do everything, fabricate bridge plates and, and uh, you know, start from a block of wood, like a pipe, you know, start start with a piece of wood and, and just go for it. So. On it's good fun. I, if I, didn't, I wouldn't do it any other way. <laughs> <laughs> You, you might be partly crazy, but uh, on a, on average, how much time goes into making a pipe, and how much time goes into making a guitar? Well, I would say this: if I was going to uh, break it down in uh, hourly wage, I don't think I could ever sell a guitar for enough money to <laughs> <laughs> to uh, take out pipe making. <laughs> but uh, you know, there's a lot of hours in a guitar. There's a lot more, a lot more steps. And um, you know, I've always said that pipe making is a is a it's a hundred little individual skills that in each one that you have to perfect each little skill, and it's its own thing. And that's how I approach guitars too. It's it's just more a little more complicated on a guitar, so it takes a little bit longer. And there's a lot more to learn. There's a lot more individual things to learn. And uh, but you know, it's not any more difficult. It's just there's just a lot of information to learn, you know. So, but it's great fun, <laughs> and it keeps you busy when you're on the road. Yeah, you know, like the, like the tour we're on now. Basically, we roll in at about nine in the morning, eight or nine in the morning, and I don't even play till ten fifteen at night. So I've got an entire day where I'm trapped at an arena. And so if I didn't have something else I could do, I would be, uh, I'd be Lenny Tanis, I think. So, <laughs> do you, you know, pipe, pipe, I'd love, you know, it'd be great if I could make pipes on the road, but it just, it doesn't lend itself to that. But, you know, actually I can bring the tools out and work on guitars. For some reason it seems weird, but, but, uh, it's easier to work on guitars on the road than it is pipes. 
And I know for a fact you take a pipe with you on the road. However, not many opportunities when you're out touring to no. to sit down with a pipe. No, you know all the laws have, have changed since the since the good old days, and uh, now you, I mean there's just no place to smoke a pipe. You know I I don't have access unless you can get to a smoke shop. It's about the only place you can smoke a pipe, and especially in the middle of winter because you can't sit outside. You know so I just. <laughs> You know, just just hang, wait for the day when I get the opportunity to to sit down and relax somewhere with a pipe. <laughs> uh, can we talk about the band for a little bit? Sure. The band's name is the Newsboys. How would you describe them? Uh, we're like a we're basically a pop rock band, and uh, we play um, basically in the in the Christian um, music genre. Um, you know, we always kind of just look at ourselves as, as uh, like every other band. You know, we just sing about the things that are important to us and the things that go on in our lives and the things that, that we love. And so, yeah, basically a pop band. <laughs> and there's a movie coming out shortly based off of one of the Newsboys songs? Uh, yeah, the uh, uh, it's a movie called God's Not Dead. It's, it's done by... Uh, Pure Flix, who, you know, did a few other movies uh, here recently that, that have had a, a, a little bit of success. Um, uh, there's Fireproof and I'm trying to think of a few other ones, but they've had, they've had some uh, pretty good success, success for, uh, for uh, Christian movies, if you will, or religious types of movies, but, uh, and they're actually pretty, you know, pretty decent. They're definitely, the quality has come up, you know than from the old days. Um, we're in movies sort of based on the song um, about a kid who goes to college and his philosophy professor essentially challenges him to prove there's a God because basically he says, God is dead, and that's where we're going to start from. And he's like, well, I don't believe that. So, he's, so he challenges him to prove it. So it's kind of where it starts. And the movie will be out, I guess, I think in the spring sometime. Yes, and I wish I, I... I'm really bad. I really should know the date, but I don't. <laughs> what, I think it's in March. <laughs> what do we expect from you? You're a pipe maker. I didn't I didn't build the movie from scratch, so I don't know anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so since Jody's on the show, uh, the song for tonight will be based on... will be one that features Jody. Um Let's wrap this up so that we can get right to the uh, get to the music as quick as possible, and you got to get on stage pretty quick. So, <laughs> yep. so we'll wrap it up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer. Whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? All right, sounds good. What's your favorite pipe? Mm -hmm. Wow, you know it, it changes with the wind. Right now, uh, believe it or not, my favorite pipe is a pipe that I made a mistake on while I was making it and I decided to use it to experiment with something and it's basically the only thing I've smoked in the last three months. <laughs> <laughs> so it's one of mine. But I do have other favorites. I have a I have a an old, like early, early uh K Woody that's a friction fit stem. That's a it's a Dublin that I smoke a lot. Um uh, as well as an old uh Kamois, uh from like the thirties, twenties and thirties era another Dublin um I've got a Sassini billiard that I love 
you know. I love the old classics. <laughs> All right, what's your favorite tobacco? Uh, I have two. Um, I I go back and forth between uh, Larry's Blend with Harkin Home and uh, 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 Exotic from uh, Smoker's Haven. Those are my two favorites. And what's your favorite drink? My favorite drink? Coffee. (laughs) I knew that answer was coming. Uh, I'm a coffee geek. I roast beans. I even repaired... And are actually restored commercial espresso machines for a while just for fun. So, I'm still kind of wanted to get back into dabbling with that. But I'm surprised you haven't made your built your own espresso machine yet. <laughs> uh, not yet. <laughs> when, when it's time to relax and you're not playing with the band and not doing some family stuff or making a pipe <laughs> or making a guitar which I don't think you have any more time left, but uh, is it a book, a movie, or some music? Um, it would be more, it would be a book more than anything else. Music, I I will listen to that um, if I'm working. Uh, don't do a lot of movies or TV anymore. You know, mostly my, my, my relaxing is, is hanging with my, family (laughs) (laughs) and last question do you have any do you have a favorite pipe smoking memory you know i have to there's a lot of things i could choose so i have to think about this um i would say that one of my favorite memories was going to a monastery in prague and having probably the greatest meal I've ever had in my life and then enjoying a pipe afterwards. Oh, wow. <laughs> on, on an incredibly beautiful day and an incredibly beautiful afternoon uh, in the spring. I mean, it was ridiculous. <laughs> I thought you were going to say hanging out with me in Charlotte, but that beats Well, it. there was that. That was second. I just wasn't sure which one to... <laughs> Jody, thank you for your time. We'll let you get ready for the show. Uh, go up there and uh, break a leg. All right. I appreciate it. Thanks for thanks for having me on your show. We'll be back with uh, music from Jody Davis in just a minute. This is Internet Radio. The term one-stop shop is so overused. There's no place that is literally a one-stop shop. Well, guess what? When it comes to your quality tobacco products, there is. It's CupOJoes.com. With hundreds of pipe tobacco blends, thousands of pipes in stock, a wide variety of cigars, coffees, accessories, and so much more. All you have to do is go to CupOJoes.com, and there it is. CupOJoes.com. Quality products, extraordinary prices. There's nothing quite like hunting at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. I'm not just a pipe smoker. I'm a Meerschaum pipe smoker. All of my pipes come from MeershamStore.com. They've been in business for 50 years, and I can trust that there will be no hassles. Orders are processed and shipped fast, and they have every shape you can imagine, including Calabash, Claws, Dragons, Horror, even a sexy series. MeershamStore.com, the most trusted Meersham store for 50 years. 
Welcome back. It was fun a couple weeks ago when I saw Jody in concert to see mild-mannered Jody off the stage and then uh, rock and roll guitar player on the stage. Two different people. All right, the song that we're going to play is called Love Like I Mean It. It's from the Newsboys album Restart, their newest album. Here it is. Newsboys is currently out on the Winter Jam 2014 tour coming to a city near you. So if you get a chance, you can head out and see Jody play live. Master, I have mail for you. Let's get through some of the comments posted over the last couple of weeks and then all the big news that's going on around. Uh, Fuel Pump agrees with my rant from two weeks ago. If you don't stand, you know, don't sign your name to it. That doesn't mean a thing. A couple of nice comments about Russ, and Russ is real easy to talk to, and what a pleasurable guy to hang out with. From last week's show, Gold SM writes, Hi, new guy on the radio show. 
do I have really a chance to aging seven years or even two years? No, no, no. I bought five cans of Sutliff Blend Number 5 and one can of CD Blend, all 8 ounce in June 2013. I smoked four cans out of six already. What do you think? No, I can't. No, no, no. It is a first-time listen and a great show. I feel very happy living and smoking in the USA, even if I am the only one that smokes pipes in town, I guess. Well, I have the PipesMagazine.com radio show and forum. Let's cheer up and all pipe and all pipe smokers. Welcome to the show. Glad you found us. Welcome to the forums. Uh, you know what? You just gotta you just gotta buy more than you can smoke and start stockpiling and aging and putting stuff away, and uh, you'll be happier down the road. Uh, Fuel Pump wrote, Brian really enjoyed the interview. The statement made that there is always something to learn about pipes is so true. I love to learn new things and agree that pipes are an amazing hobby that will keep my interest for decades to come. Excellent choice in music. The Flight of the Butterfly makes the single digit and sub-zero temperatures seem a little more tolerable since here in central Illinois we are experiencing the second wave of sub-zero temps. Boy, I feel you. Uh, looking forward to Chicago Pipe Show. I've already set the dates with my work and spouse. Another great show, Brian. I'm assuming he's another Brian. I think there's a lot of Brians in pipe smoking. Maybe it's because we're all wonderful. I don't know. Uh, Dino says, oh, thank you, Dr. Brian. I absolutely love that you share the eclectic taste in music with your listeners. As Ellington, Armstrong, and Rossini uh, were wont to say, there's always two kinds of music, good music and bad. Imagine the terrific CD that would have been compiled of the music of Pipes Magazine radio show. No, we can't do that. Can't can't do it. Uh, also, a very interesting and entertaining and inspiring conversation with Ped. What a remarkable gentleman and valuable asset to our pipe community, Dino. Uh, not too many Dinos in the pipe smoking world. Both John Seiler and Casey Ghost enjoyed the first part of the discussion on the uh, comparing of the three ages of tobacco hopefully you guys enjoyed the comparison of the smoking of three different ages of tobacco uh casey ghost goes on to say also chris thiele is always a treat to listen to the guy is just a master at his craft i uh, can't say i agree with the rant though brian spot on and saying the guy's language was exemplary his delivery not so much that's in, re- in reference to the football player And furthermore, Bill P. goes on to say, Brian, thanks for another great show. I'm very excited to hear more results on the tobacco aging test. Chris Thiele is, in my opinion, one of the great musicians of our time. I've played guitar for almost 20 years now, and it was listening to Chris Thiele on mandolin that inspired me to pick up that instrument over the past year. I have one of his instructional videos and have watched lots of his YouTube videos. If you have a little time, check this out, and he points to another... Uh, YouTube video. I uh, did talk to Scott Thiele over the weekend. Wanted to pass along, having Scott pass along to Chris that Chris is the uh, most played musical artist on the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, from the F- Pipes Magazine radio show Facebook page, Peter Field posted a message in there. Thank you, Peter. Father Dave, good to see you. Good to hear from you. Uh, Sean Haynes, Ivan, I'm not going to attempt that last name but thank you guys everybody thank you for posting on there and thank you for following us on the pipes magazine radio show facebook page 
Another thing of interest that I thought would be fun to point out, the Pipes Magazine Radio Show Facebook page now has a little bit over 400 likes on it. Some of the things of interest, uh, the United States represents 273 of those. Canada's second with 17. Here's what I got thought was interesting. Saudi Arabia, three of you following us. France, four. Mexico, four, which surprised me. Uh, Turkey, six people. Italy, six. Brazil, six. And let's see, where else do we get reaches from? Uh, Austria, Chile, Estonia, Bulgaria, the Philippines, South Africa, the Czech Republic. So all, every continent represented all around the world. The Pipes Magazine radio show is uh, reaching out there. Uh, cities, the uh, most common city for our fans, St. Petersburg, Florida, home of Kevin Godby and girlfriend and maybe uh, four other former girlfriends. Uh, Las Vegas, Nevada is second with five. Columbus, Ohio, five. Some of the other cities of interest, Mexico City, four people. Uh, Sao Paulo kind of follows along the other one. This one got me, Port Said, Bursaid, Egypt. We're made, we've made it into Egypt. And it spreads all around the United States, Singapore, uh, all kinds of different cities all around the world. So glad you all are tuning in. I'm glad that the Pipes Magazine radio show can work as part of your weekly routine and your weekly pipe smoking enjoyment. And to further your enjoyment, check out PipesMagazine.com. Posted a couple of interesting things recently and coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, just posted a request for you all to participate in the radio show. So go to PipesMagazine.com, look in the forums or on the radio show page. You'll see how we want you to record an MP3. There's a couple of categories, and we'll help you get those emailed in to us. And then you, too, can be on the on the radio show. Uh, recent cartoon caption contest winners posted up there right now. As always, there is a monthly Pipe Babe to check out and a brand new... Brand new, brand new featured article is going to be written by my friend Steve Morissette on uh, Gentlemen Smokers Fashions. So watch for that coming up. Lots of stuff going on on PipesMagazine.com. Make sure and tell all your friends about it. Hey, guess what? Rant time. Coming up next. The year was 1849. Zachary Taylor was sworn in as the 12th President of the United States. The U.S. flag remained fixed at 30 stars. Edgar Allan Poe was found dead in Baltimore. Congressman Abraham Lincoln patented a buoying device, the only patent ever filed by a future president. William Bond was the first person to photograph the moon through a telescope. And gold was discovered in far-off California. And in that same year, also in California, Henry Sutliff founded his small tobacco company in San Francisco. Founded on the principles of giving the public superior tobacco products for those with very discriminating tastes. Now, 165 years later, that tradition continues. Sutliff Tobacco Company has been setting the standard for pipe tobacco ever since. Take a quiz on our website to have the perfect blend suggestion for your tastes. Or just browse around to explore all of the wide variety of fine products America's oldest pipe tobacco company has to offer. 
Lots of things have changed since 1849, but Sutliff Tobacco Company's commitment to making the finest pipe tobacco on earth has not. Visit sutliff-tobacco.com for information on where you can find all of your favorite blends, from the sweetest aromatics to the richest English mixtures. Cowboy. Cowboy. Who here's old enough to remember track order on an album? Album track order. You have to be old enough to have bought CDs and records and cassette tapes. Those of you that are in the iPod MP3 generation won't have a clue what I'm about to complain about. But digital media killed the importance of track order on an album. Bands would spend... Time and time and time trying to figure out what the proper track order was for their songs on their albums. What was going to be on side one? And then, ooh, the other thing, side two. Remember when you used to have to turn an an album over and play side two or the B-side? Yeah, that's all gone. And now when you take an old LP and you download a digital copy of it, The track order is completely wrong. Everything is alphabetical. The tracks are in alphabetical order. Well, digital media has killed the importance of track order, and the bands no longer care about track order unless they're actually printing CDs still. The importance of track order is to try to create the proper experience while you're going through the whole album. Well, that doesn't matter anymore because all this digital media has killed track order. It's now alphabetical order, and the bands aren't spending that much time doing it. In fact, a lot of these newfangled pop bands and hip-hops and whatever, they're not even putting out a full album of music. They're putting out one song every month to try to keep them on the top of the record charts, and record charts are the top of the download charts, and they don't even care about album artwork. There you go. I'm old and I'm cranky, but bothers me when I listen to something online and it's completely out of order from what I'm used to hearing it when I've heard it time and time again on a CD or an LP. All right, wraps up another show. Hey, we're working on a couple of fun things. Make sure and check out the uh, check out pipesmagazine.com and see how you can become part of the show. Working on a special International Pipe Smoking Day show coming up February 20th. So that'll be coming up in the future. In the meantime, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for sharing the Pipes Magazine radio show with your friends. Thank you to the Sutliff Tobacco Company. And until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy trails to you.
Three tins of fine tobacco were humanely destroyed during the production of this episode. The state of California approves the humane destruction of this tobacco in such methods.